What is up, everybody? Welcome into episode 10 of Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. We've made it to double digits. The journey continues. Tigers played a game yesterday against the Houston Astros. They lost 2-1, to one, got walked off in the ninth inning. Offensively, obviously, with one run, not a whole lot going on. Willie Castro with the only RBI of the day. Kyle Funkhauser took the loss. His disastrous spring continues to continue. Two-thirds of an inning yesterday, two hits, one earned run, one walk, did get two strikeouts. Tigers pitchers struck out nine on the day yesterday. Zach Granke started for the Astros, and that will probably be the case on opening day as it was announced earlier yesterday that Justin Verlander is going to be shut down with a mild lat strain. His words were that it would be a miracle if he was if he was back by opening day. I know a lot of Astros fans that are disappointed in that, and that's understandable, but what a luxury to have where you can lose a pitcher like Justin Verlander for an extended period of time and your fallback is that you get to start a Hall of Fame pitcher on opening day. And make no mistake about it, Zach Greinke's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I know there's a lot of people who think that he's going to be Hall of Very Good. That's uh, absolutely untrue. Zach Greinke will be in Cooperstown one day. He's been one of the best pitchers of a generation. Just went off on a little tangent there. Don't really know why I felt a need to talk about that, mainly because there's not a whole lot going on with the Tigers. And as much as a lot of people despise the Astros, there's a whole lot going on there. But I will get back to what was the main attraction yesterday for the Tigers, and that was Tariq Skubal started. And we saw him, uh, for the first time, pitch more than two innings at a time. Went two and two-thirds yesterday. A lot of people were a little bit disappointed in his start yesterday. Four hits, one earned run, two walks, three strikeouts. Two and two-thirds of an inning, one earned run. Not the best numbers in the world, but I was actually fairly impressed by what I saw from Tariq Skubal yesterday, and I'll tell you why. Look, command yesterday was a bit of an issue. Fastball mainly was his problem. He was having some trouble locating that pitch. He's got such a good, firm fastball. I think sometimes he gets a little bit out of whack and struggles to repeat his delivery and misses lo- misses his location, which is what happened yesterday. But look, any pitcher can look great when they're feeling it. Any pitcher can look great when their stuff feels good and their delivery feels good and their mechanics feel right and they're healthy. But it takes a truly solid pitcher with a lot of mental toughness to be able to grind when they don't have their best stuff. Justin Verlander is like the king of that. I mean, how many games when Justin Verlander was pitching in a Detroit Tigers uniform and since, since he's gone to Houston, have we seen him start off the first couple innings, maybe gives up a run or two, and you think, oh, okay, well, he's going to get pulled early, pitch counts high, and then just settles in and finishes strong. I feel like what we saw from Tariq Skubal yesterday was the weakest his he's looked in spring thus far. A lot of base runners ended up with three strikeouts and two and two-thirds of an inning. Uh, I continue to be really impressed by this kid. I like his demeanor. I, he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders, doesn't take himself too seriously, and yet appears to be kind of a killer on the mound. I I like that a lot about him. Outside of fastball command, not a ton to complain about. Look, none of these guys, no pitcher has their best stuff every start. Even when we see these guys in spring pitching one, two innings at a time, it's very rare that every single one of their pitches is working every single outing. It just goes to show how difficult it is to be an elite major league pitcher. You need to be on a lot. And Tariq Skubal 
since, I mean, I don't know, middle of last year, has been on a whole lot more times than he's been off. I thought yesterday, outside of the fastball command, nothing to be worried about. Two and two-thirds, only one earned run. I, I, re- I was re- reading up on it because I wasn't able to watch it live. I went back and watched some of the footage, I, and I read people who were kind of disappointed saying, man, I Scooball didn't look great. And look, a lot of base runners, not going to do any favors for his whip, but Stuff looks spectacular, and he only gave up one run. I'm going to continue to be a Tariq Skubal stan. I think he's going to be a, a major piece of this organization going forward. I think the kid looks really good. Offensively, I want to touch on another guy who I've been talking about uh, quite a bit over the last week or so, and that is Travis Demerit, who has been a hit and fool this spring. I got another hit yesterday and only two at-bats, seeing the ball really really well. Scored the team's only run yesterday as well. 333 batting average with an OPS of 1470 so far in spring. You know, one thing I forgot to mention about him that I didn't bring up last week, but I think it's worth mentioning. When the Tigers acquired him in the Shane Green deal a year ago at the deadline, Tigers also acquiring Joey Wentz, left-handed pitcher in that deal as well, who I've yet to talk about, but will bring up at some point before the end of spring training. I forgot that Travis Demerit offensively, was having a monster year in AAA. 286 average, 387 OBP, so it wasn't like he was, you know, not seeing the ball well. He was drawing a lot of walks. 558 slugging, 944 OPS, 20 home runs, 73 RBIs. Those are really good numbers. 106 strikeouts to 51 walks. Clearly, though, because he was not some super highly touted guy, there was some sort of massive flaw in, in Travis Demerit's game that prevented him from really being considered an elite prospect. Possibly it was defense. No one regarded him as a good defender, but even so, you know, there's the old adage, if you can hit, they're going to find a place for you. Maybe that was the case with Travis Demerit, where maybe he was one guy who just got overlooked. I'm not saying he's going to be great. I'm not saying he's going to be amazing, but had big numbers in AAA last year, wasn't going to get called up by the Braves. I, I think when the Tigers uh, got him and acquired him, I'm not going to say they rushed him to the major leagues because, like I said, the numbers down in AAA were very good, but there was no real warning. It was right away, hey, welcome to Detroit, by the way. Ah, Toledo, forget about that. You're on the major league roster. That's got to be difficult for a kid, and he struggled last year, but so far in spring, he's been Outside of the pitchers, I would say this guy has probably been the most impressive Detroit Tiger that we've seen thus far in spring. Travis Demerit wants an opening day slot in the outfield, and with the way he's been going so far, I think it's a safe bet right now that he's going to have one. When we get back, I'm going to talk about MLB.com's official farm system rankings. These are pretty hot off the presses. They have announced where all 30 teams in Major League Baseball stack up in terms of their farm system. So we're going to talk about that here in just a second. And we're back. So as promised, MLB.com released their pipeline farm system rankings. Not going to read off all of them in order, though I will mention a few that stand out to me. I am at, Coming in at last are the Brewers, who have been close to last for each of the last several years now. The most recent World Series matchup comes in at 29 and 28 with the Nationals at 29 and the Astros at number 28. One observation I did make is that the AL Central has some really strong 
farm systems. Uh, at 17, the Kansas City Royals are the lowest ranked farm system of any team in the American League Central, and they've slowly improved their farm system quite a bit over the last couple of years. They come in at 17. The Indians come in at 12. The Chicago White Sox, who a few years ago were close to number one, if not number one. They were probably around the 2-3 range, but were loaded with prospects. They came in at number 11. Coming in at number 7 are the defending AL Central champion Minnesota Twins. At number 5 are the Detroit Tigers. Going to talk about that in a second. And then rounding out the top 5, we have the Miami Marlins. And number 4, Derek Jeter has actually done a pretty good job there, re- revitalizing that farm system. I think they might actually have a future. Number 3, the Los Angeles Dodgers, which is just unbelievable considering uh, the amount of talent they have in the major leagues for them to have an elite farm system. Uh, just goes to show the job that Andrew Friedman has done there. At number two, the San Diego Padres, and at number one, the Tampa Bay Rays, a team that, quite frankly, has to have a good farm system in order to win because they don't have the money to spend. Now, scrolling back a little bit, let's talk about number five, Detroit Tigers, the team that we are here to talk about. They mentioned that in 2019, a year ago at this time, the preseason rank was number 10, so they've bumped up. They've moved up five spots. Their rank it at the middle of last season at the All-Star break was number six. Their top 100 prospects, they have four of them. Casey Mize at number seven, Matt Manning at number 24, Riley Green at number 31, and Tariq Skubal at number 46. So not only do they have four top 100 prospects, they have four top 50 prospects. Their top 2020 rookie is listed as Casey Mize. No surprise to anybody. They say here on MLB.com, help is on the way. Thanks to the Tigers' wave of upper-level pitching prospects, and the club also has a promising crop of young hitters that could also move faster than originally thought. This is the highest I've ever seen this farm system ranked. MLB.com likes this farm system quite a bit. They're usually much higher on the Tigers' crop of pitchers and really on the entire uh, minor league system in general than almost any other source What's weird is I've seen them ranked as high as five. I've never seen them ranked higher than this. This is a very good news. Make no mistake about it. This is pretty dope. Number five spot for farm system, a farm system that features four top 50 prospects and has the number one pick in this June's draft. That's really exciting. And you know what? This may sound a bit nuts for the time being. You got to give Alavila a little bit of credit. If that's the case, if this is a top, top five farm system, I can't speak today. I am the stuttering, muttering dude right now. I apologize, but if they, if it's true that they really have a top five farm system, then yes, Avila does deserve credit for revamping it the way that he has. Number five seems pretty high, and I've seen them ranked as low as number 19, which is crazy to me because I understand everyone has their own opinions and there's going to be some discrepancy, but Five and nineteen is a massive margin. I mean, that's the difference between an elite farm system and a farm system that is below average. So it's strange to me to see so much variation. And I think it goes to show how difficult it is, even with all these young, talented players in all of these systems, how difficult it is to to judge minor league talent sometimes, especially some of these really, really young guys who have a lot of upside upside that haven't even developed yet. And to be completely honest with you, one of the great misconceptions, and I'm sure I probably haven't helped uh, spread this word very often with my uh, copious amounts of negativity regarding this organization, this farm system doesn't have to be amazing. 
Because unlike the Rays or unlike the Marlins, the Tigers don't need an entire farm system's worth of talent to fill a major league roster. Now, look, it would help, and especially if the team is terrible, hoard all the prospects you can. But unlike the teams I just mentioned, the Tigers at some point are going to spend money on free agents. How they spend that money, we've talked about this already. I'm very skeptical about in the time in which Avila was asked or allowed to write blank checks to people. He didn't do a very good job with it with the Zimmerman deal and the Pelfrey deal and the Mark Lowe deal. Those were uh, three pretty big disasters. With that said, maybe he's changed. I hope he's changed. I hope they'll be a little bit smarter next time around. What I hope for is a farm system that's just top-heavy. Get, hoard as many top 100 prospects as you can. I don't really need a whole lot of depth. I don't think they necessarily need it. We would all love for them to be the Dodgers, right? Every team would. We would all love for them to be uh, a team with a a unbelievable amount of young talent in their farm system and a loaded major league roster. And yes, I know it's easy to make jokes about the Dodgers because they haven't won a World Series, but they kind of do everything right as much as they've come up short in October. From a front office standpoint, they've done a whole lot right. It's undeniable and it is fair to say and Look, Detroit has never been a hotbed of minor league talent, but it is very fair to say that this is the best farm system that this organization has seen since the late 70s, early 80s, when Gibby and Morris and Trammell and Whitaker and Parrish were coming up through the farm system. So I think that is a reason to be excited. Number five currently on MLB.com's top 30 MLB farm system rankings. Uh, pretty solid stuff. I hope that they're not overselling them because I want to be really, really excited about this. I genuinely do. Okay, that's going to wrap things up for today. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow this show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. And if you have questions for this show, do a Friday mailbag segment every single week. Uh, send them to that account. And if you want to send this show an email, you can do that, LockedOnTigers at gmail.com. If you have any questions or just want to say hi, you can uh, contact me there. And you can find this show on Apple Podcasts, and you can leave a review in the review section, preferably. Positive feedback is always welcome. So thank you very much for listening. I hope all of you have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.